This morning uh, is a feast morning. Uh, For those of you who are visiting or maybe this is your first time for us, feasts are our special Sunday where we gather around the Lord's Supper. And so rather than me preaching, uh, oftentimes we have someone else speak. This this morning, uh, sorry you guys are stuck with me, um, talking some about just devotion around communion and what this means for us. Uh, Over the last spring and summer, we've been working through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaching on discipleship and what it looks like to be one of his disciples. And then this last month in September, we've been talking about how do we grow as disciples. So we know kind of what a disciple is, and for the last month we've been talking about how do we get there? What sort of practices can we do? And Susan preached a great sermon on personal devotion, the things that we can do on a daily basis, uh, things like uh, spiritual practices like reading scripture, praying. Those are very common ones. Some other ones are things like fasting or of uh, staying away from food or not eating for a particular set of time to draw closer to God, or things like silence, or practicing set times of prayer. Then uh, two weeks ago, I talked some about small groups and how these help us grow, these places that help us grow and learn about Jesus where we can have more conversations and ask questions, but also, too, the fellowship that comes with meeting with a small group of people over the course of time. Then last week we talked some about the importance of gathering together like this on Sunday morning to praise God. It's interesting, over the last week many of you have come to me and talked about, uh, one of the things I talked about last Sunday was taking notes uh, on Sunday morning uh, during the sermon to get the most out of it. Even, even mediocre sermons, you can get good out of them if you are actively listening and doing things like taking notes or asking questions. Um, and so it's great to have some of you um, talk with me about that and about how you take on that practice. Um, The cool thing I realized is that not only does this help you grow as a person, like helps you grow in your own personal relationship, but think about this. As each of us are growing in faith, our church grows in faith as well. And you think about the trickle-down effect of that. As more and more of us are growing closer to Jesus, the effect we have on one another, even those who maybe are struggling in faith or in questions, that there, there are more of us who are faithful or growing in our faith around Jesus, we're able to encourage them more. I was also thinking of some about this week. I was in uh, Canmore with Tracy and I. We went together to the pastor's spouse retreat. It was, it was great. But I had a chance to practice this some uh, of taking notes during the teaching time or the, the sermon time. Because we, we went there and um, uh, Liz Mosmo Verhage, she is from the States, from Seattle. She's a pastor there. And she came and she was preaching about, or teaching some about um, compassion, mercy, and justice. And she was teaching more in a um, topical. So she was talking about the topics and she would bring different passages in to, to make her point. And I was thinking, like, after the first one, they all sort of started, or after the, first, after the second one, they all started to kind of run together. So I was taking notes and, and that helped me some. And I was thinking about you guys, about me practicing what I preach because I was really tempted to even like just zone out or to think about other things or maybe even miss a session because they seemed really similar to what she was talking about. But I kept taking notes and kept learning and uh, it was great. It, was, it helped me to, to learn more, to get everything I could out of what she was saying. I was also um, at the treat at the retreat, got me thinking some about communion, about this meal that we share together. One of my roles uh, in the conference is I am uh, on the committee for ministry of, committee of ministerial standing. Uh, basically, I meet with uh, pastors who are getting their license renewed or who are seeking ordination. So there's a group of us who meet with them and we talk with them about our faith, about theology and what we understand about God, his word. And one of the things we talk about some are questions that are the sacraments, things like baptism, and communion. 
And uh, it's interesting hearing ministers, uh, one of them was Rick Penner, our youth pastor who was seeking his license, ministry license, uh, talk some about the sacraments, about baptism, about communion. And it's interesting because, I don't know, I mean, many of you or some of you have been a part of the covenant for a while. Some of you were brand new to, to the covenant uh, as a group of churches. Uh, it's interesting that we believe uh, in baptism and communion as sacraments. And what we mean by that is, first of all, what we don't mean by that. We don't mean that they are magical. Uh, some people get the idea that, you know, if I've been baptized or if I take communion, then I'm saved. Or it's like a magic thing and it magically makes me right with God. That's not what we uh, believe or, or affirm. Um, but we also do believe this, though, is that um, this meal that we share together and baptism, when we see that, that these are means of grace, that there is more happening here than just symbols. There is more happening here than just bread and juice. And I'll explain that in a minute. Um, Though communion does help us to remember who God is, it's actually doing more, that Jesus is present here with us. They are sacraments, and what we mean by that are they are means of grace. It's interesting because it's mysterious. It's hard to explain. What, what is a means of grace? Uh, it's hard to nail down. It's hard to say, well, it looks exactly like this all the time. It looks differently uh, in different situations. But God does minister grace through this meal. And it's not like grace, capital G grace, like the sort of grace we receive in terms of salvation. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the sort of grace that helps us for the journey, for the journey of faith. In this communion, God is working in us. When we share this meal together, it's true, we're eating bread and drinking small cups of juice um, to remind us of what Jesus has done through his sacrifice. But also God is at work through that, through that very sharing of the meal together. Not only that, um, but in communion, Jesus is present with us. And I wanted to explain this because you know, there's different, different parts of the church have different understandings about what's happening with this meal. In the Catholic Church, for example, they believe that the bread and the juice, or the bread and the wine, they actually use wine, actually become the body and blood of, of Jesus. Maybe you may have heard this word, transubstantiation. It's a big word meaning basically that these elements become Jesus' body and blood. And we, we don't affirm that. We don't think quite the same there. Um, and then the next step is uh, the Lutheran Church, uh, Martin Luther, who was one of the first Protestants. He thought that actually that the, that the bread and wine stayed bread and wine, but they also became at the same time both body and blood. So his was consubstantiation, which is another big word you don't need to worry about. In the covenant, we follow the, the, more, the broader Protestant belief that these elements, uh, the bread and the juice or the bread and the wine, they remain bread and wine, but Jesus is present with us while we share this meal in a particular way. I mean, we believe that the Spirit is present with us every time a few or more of us gather together, the Spirit is with us. But in a special way, God is present with us at this meal. I wanted to share this with us um, as we've been talking some about growing closer to Jesus to help us see what's happening here. That these are more than symbols, this bread and this juice, it's more than a symbol to help us remember, though it does that. These are means of grace. Means of grace that God is working in us. Means of grace for the journey of faith. 
means of grace reminding us that Jesus is present with us while we share this meal. It's fitting point uh, as we think about the last month about how we've been trying or talking about how we grow closer to Jesus. Today, sharing in the Lord's Supper together as a church is one of those ways that we grow closer to Jesus. And it's a mysterious thing. Sometimes it's hard to put our finger on each time we share communion. How is this helping me grow closer to Jesus? Part of it is by faith, realizing that we do. Think about this meal, one, that Jesus reveals who he is. Just the fact that Jesus would, uh, the Son of God, would share a meal with his disciples and invite them into a deeper relationship with him and then say, keep doing this, keep sharing this meal together, reveals some of who Jesus is. That even today, 2,000 years later, we share this meal and Jesus is inviting us closer into relationship with him around this table. It reveals some of who he is. This meal also reminds us of his sacrifice because on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and broke it and he shared the cup with the disciples. This meal remembers that night and the sacrifice that Jesus made. Not only that, but this meal nourishes us in our faith as well. That's part of the mystery of it. This meal nourishes our faith, gives us strength to continue following Jesus even when it's difficult. And this too, the part is that this meal, not only does it look back towards Jesus and his sacrifice, it also looks forward to the day when we will share uh, a heavenly banquet with Jesus around his table, with brothers and sisters from around the world, different languages, different ethnicities, and our brothers and sisters throughout time, throughout the history of the church, 2,000 years of Jesus' followers. This meal points to, points us forward to that meal as well. But especially today, I wanted to draw, in light of what we've been talking about for the last few weeks, this meal connects us with Jesus. This meal helps us connect even deeper to him. And interestingly enough, as we connect with Jesus around this meal, it also connects us with each other. That's why you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't go home and have communion on your own. It's meant to be together with the church where two or more are gathered. <clears throat> I was also thinking some about how in the ancient Near East, ancient Near Eastern culture, uh, so like first century Israel, when you ate a meal with someone, it was a way of drawing them in. It was a way of opening your life to them. So if you were to share a meal together, that's a way of saying we're more than just acquaintances now. In some ways, uh, depending on how many times you've eaten together, if you share a meal with someone who's new, you're saying, I'm welcoming you into relationship. I'm bringing you in, making you a friend. And as you share more and more meals with someone, it's a way of saying, now you've become more than a friend, you are becoming family. So this meal brings us into relationship with Jesus as friend and over time as family. That it reminds us that he is our brother and he is our Lord. This morning... As we get ready to share the Lord's Supper, I want you to savor this moment, to savor the bread and the juice. Yes, let them remind us of his sacrifice, what he's done for us. Let them uh, remind us to look forward to Jesus' return and that one day when we will share the banquet around his table. But also, especially this morning, remind or remember that this meal reminds us <laughs> that you, the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> this meal reminds us that Jesus is present. 
that he is really here with us in a particular way that happens specifically around this meal. That as we gather around this table, this isn't just memory, this isn't just memorializing, this is us moving closer to Jesus. So 